Welcome to the Inner Trends Podcast. Welcome to the future of mobility. Simply stay on track. Hello and welcome to our brand new episode of the InnoTrans podcast. Today we have uh, Via as our guest, uh, Chris Snyder, CEO, and we will talk about different ways to access mobility, actually. But beforehand, as usual, I welcome on show Kerstin Schulz. Kerstin, welcome. Hi, Tim. How are you today? It's still summertime, it's still sunny, so uh, I can't complain, actually. But uh, let us start um, with our topic today. And it is, uh, frankly, a topic many people don't think of, but it is dearly necessary. What is it? <laughs> We're talking about... It, it, what is it? What is it? Do, any guess? Any guess from the audience? No, we, we can't do that at a podcast. But Cassine, uh, what is like the, the most common question actually from people when they when they are on the innotrans website yeah they are looking how 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 to uh how to go to the fairground yeah what, what's the yeah. access to the fairgrounds quite easy isn't yeah it? But... actually when you arrive at the airport there it's very easy there are hostess and they show you the way to the shuttle bus you enter the shuttle bus and then you go directly to the fairground And there are even more shuttle buses. They take you to the airport or there's a shuttle bus around you, the you fairground. Visit, you visit the fairground before. You're not going to <laughs> from the airport to the fairground with the shuttle bus back to yes, the you, It depends on some people go to the hotel, some people go to the fairground. <laughs> And um, I'm, I'm that kind of person. I'm a bit lost in, uh, not in translation, but in orientation. So um, is, it, is it complicated to actually find the fairground? No, the fairground is in the, in the center of Berlin. And um, as I said, there are shuttle buses, there's um, public transport. And if you buy your ticket online before, you can use the ticket um, as a ticket for the public transport. So the, tra um, the transport in Berlin is for free. That's a real treat, actually. And uh, we're just talking about transport. Uh, so Berlin is uh, German -wide quite known for their uh, for their local transport company but at innotrans there are um, there's a huge um, there's a huge uh, get together actually from public transport companies from all over the world um, and uh, you just mentioned before a brand new one and that's quite funny because i never thought of that um, really lovely island to have a public transport uh, public transport company i never thought of it but but maybe maybe you mentioned the brand new innotrans public transport company yeah metro tenerife <laughs> they are uh, a new exhibitor from uh, tenerife and uh, there are even more transport companies um, exhibiting um, most of the visitors um, are from transport companies from all over the world and they exhibit as well on innotrans And just to mention in a few names, um, like China Railway, Ferrovia dello Stato from Italy, of course, Deutsche Bahn, then the Hungarian transport company, uh, ÖBB, it's the Austrian uh, one, then Russian Railways, Saudi Railway Company, TGDD from Turkey. So it's really colorful at Innotrans. Colorful indeed. No, but I, I think it's really interesting because all of the uh, companies are from different countries 
as we just mentioned, and they all have different challenges, but in in that also the same challenges like digitization at the moment is quite um, quite a huge topic. A topic we will also discuss uh, with uh, Chris Snyder. So, Kerstin, um, I think this is it. Uh, we just learned that it's um, hard not to get to the fairground, actually, when you're planning to come to Innotrans. So it must be right. really complicated not to <laughs> to find these shuttle buses. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that, that, was, that, was, that was so clear. There's no complaint. Um, that was, yeah, that was mind-blowing. No, yeah. kidding. Um, Kerstin, thank you for... Um, for our talk and we are now ready for Chris Snyder who's also kind of keen about transport. Yeah, have fun with Chris. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye bye. So now we're here with a company that is reshaping public transit from a rigid system of fixed routes and schedule to a fully dynamic network. Their technology pairs the best of public transportation with the convenience of a private car. Therefore, they use algorithms to take people where they need to go in the quickest, most affordable and environmentally responsive way possible. And I'm here with their CEO. Welcome, Chris Snyder. Nice to have you on the show. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. So uh, we just mentioned so many really interesting um, items about uh, mobility. But as usual, we always start with our InnoTrans intro question. And uh, Chris, would you rather live in the ocean or on the moon? I say both sound pretty terrible. In the one case, you're uh, crushed under you know, water uh, in an inhospitable place where you can't breathe. In the other case, you are... I don't know, alone in the vacuum of space uh, also sounds pretty bad. Yes, I think I might, uh, given the choice, they're both bad. I would take the uh, take the room with the view. But a nice view, maybe. So the moon uh, taxi, maybe, or the moon, moon ride, maybe, maybe, yeah, <laughs> moon ride. Yeah, so it's, that's maybe the, the way to get there, right? <laughs> not sure those are the guys I'd want to hang out with, but sure, why not? <laughs> Indeed. Let's do let's do the Milky Way connections. No, but um, second question, let's be a bit more human-like. Um, would you rather live without heat and AC or would you live without social media? So uh, I, I, maybe I'm, a, I'm an oddball, but I almost... Uh, entirely live already without social media. I think really? LinkedIn is the one thing I do relatively poorly. So, so this one's easy. I'll, I'll take the heat. I'll take the AC, and uh, that sounds pretty good to me. Convenient, but wow! So just LinkedIn. Okay, that's good to know. Um, <laughs> I, when when I when I showed the, uh, the question, I, I had to think like three minutes before deciding to to enjoy the heat in the winter time more than Instagram or any other. Um, yeah. So the next question, uh, let's let's get a bit more personal. Um, if you could choose any person from history to be your imaginary friend, who would it be and why? First of all, I already have an imaginary friend, so it'd be very it'd be tough to say goodbye to them. But uh, I like that this question isn't about uh, you know. Who would you have dinner with, right? I mean, I don't know. How much are you going to find out about, uh, I don't know, Jesus or Homer at dinner? Are you going to find out that they chew with their mouth open, I guess, maybe? But, um, you know, so I don't know. We're looking for somebody who's going to be a, be a friend across my life and whisper in my ear. I think... Um, I thought of Bob Dylan. That's a, it's a hard one. Uh, so I'll tell you some, you know, my for my personal life, I... I think if I had another life to live, I would uh, I would have loved to be a composer uh, of film music. Uh, I 
it's, I've always loved kind of how music can add emotion or meaning to, to movies. And, um, you know, my big hero here is John Williams, who obviously is still alive, but obviously a legend also. Um, He's, he did Star Wars and Harry Potter. Jurassic Park, Harry Potter, Star Wars, um, so much more. Um, yeah, so I think it'd be really neat if he, maybe he's got a piano and he can give me my own you know, private soundtrack to my life. I think that'd be pretty, pretty incredible. That is indeed uh, even smart. I, I fought a long time too, and I said maybe Bob Dylan because he he's, he would always <laughs> have a nice word to say. You you maybe don't know what he actually means, but it would be like oh okay that that is a, a thought you could think of. And but I guess yeah, like like a nice a nice sound in the ear from a friend. Maybe he's just sitting on some kind of little keyboard piano and playing some melodies that makes your day easier. Yeah, that 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 sounds really spending. But yeah, it makes maybe it's also good for your work life if you always have some nice melody playing along while while working, and that's your imaginary friend, so it's like in your in your mind. But yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh God, black coffee, please. Dum, dum. Okay, <laughs> no, no. But um, let us let us come to the last uh, Inotrans intro question here. Um, Imagine you can have an unlimited supply of one thing for the rest of your life. What is it? So, uh, the, you know, the way things are going uh, with climate change, I'm, I'm tempted to say, you know, sun lotion or sunblock. Um, but maybe that's a little too boring. I, I guess what the other place my mind goes is I have two young boys. Uh, they're two and six, and um, they're, they're amazing in so many ways. But one thing that I, I, I always kind of blows me away is that is the fact that they have this boundless energy they're just mm. so happy to be yeah. awake and alive and they're not self-conscious about it at all and i think if i could bottle up that energy that they have um i think it would make me better at almost everything that i do um so that you know that that childlike enthusiasm and energy i think that'd be pretty special that's indeed a really smart answer never would have thought of that to be honest i have two kids my, on my own about never thought of that that's really that's really inspiring and it also would be kind of maybe useful for your company and you as a person who's like not going the the already path the the paths who are already there so trying to 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 find new paths of transport and tech, um, mobility so let us start with our question um evs and avs um both have the potential to significantly alter transport which will have a greater impact and what is VIA doing to prepare for each? It's a big, it's a big question. Uh, you're asking me to tell the future. I, I mean, I guess what I would say is, um, you know, we've been hearing about EVs and AVs for, for years now, and I think each has, has the potential to, to have a pretty significant impact. I'll tell you what I think in a second, but mm -hmm. yeah, just to start with EVs. Transport is the, the single biggest contributor to greenhouse gases in the United States. It's, I think, approaching the same status in Europe. Um, you know, our business model is to partner with uh, public transport companies, with cities, with uh, private operators. And we've seen a huge uh, increase in, in the level of interest in, in launching new on-demand services with EVs. We have uh, over 20 launched now, 12 of which are fully electric. And this trend is definitely accelerating, uh, whether you're in Berlin uh, or, or Sacramento in California. We've invested a lot of technology here uh, yeah. to connect to the vehicle batteries, Uh, to read the charge out, to, to feed that into our algorithms, to make sure that vehicles are being uh, intelligently routed to charging tasks um, in a way that uh, makes makes the system more efficient. 
uh, there are some real challenges here, right? Why, why do we have to do that? Well, you know, the hardware is not yet perfect, right? Batteries have limited charge. Um, we're only now getting to the point where, uh, where, where vehicles um, just barely have enough uh, uh, charge to last an entire driver shift. So, you know, on the one hand, huge potential to reduce uh, greenhouse gas emissions locally, but of course, it costs a, a lot of energy and it takes a huge amount of emissions to create an EV. And then you have to make sure that the power for that EV is coming from green sources. So, you know, it's in and of itself is not kind of yeah. the, the the silver bullet solution. Um, AVs, on the other hand, obviously have a, a, a in theory, have a, have a big potential to transform parts of urban transport. And they, I think that this potential is in their ability to serve some real purpose, right? Filling gaps in the existing public transport, like first and last mile connections. Now, our strategy here has not been to build AVs. We obviously are not doing anything to build AVs. So getting an AV to drive itself is a hard problem. And, and a lot of companies are trying to solve it. It turns out to be much harder than we thought, I think. Uh, so I think realistically, we're years away from seeing uh, AVs and, you know, uh, complete AV systems on our streets. May I interrupt yeah, you? Because please. I always wonder, Chris, um, you're, you're in the field of business for, well, not we are for quite a while, let's say. How Actually, how far is the, the state of, of progress? So we always speak about software and about algorithms. And I, I guess you, you guys, you have a vision, something you want to achieve at, a, at, a, at some point of level. So, so how far actually is the progress at the moment? Are you satisfied at the moment or are there some heavy bucks in that kind of field? So I think if you look at, uh, if you, if you look at the investment that, that vehicle manufacturers are, are mm. putting into EVs right now, which is massive, um, I, I think within the next five years, we'll, we'll see significant advances. We're, we're owning an EV Indeed, yeah. um, you know, can be as easy in a sense as owning a, owning a car. I think the challenge is <laughs> not how do you make yeah. it easier for individuals to own EVs or, or or even AVs, but how do we incorporate them into into public transport, right? Where it's is where we need to be. Um, like in the end, right? Uh, neither of these technologies is a silver bullet, right? Um, I think the most impactful thing we can do is to ensure that more of our trips are shared. So right? yeah, um, good point. As opposed to yeah. in an AV or in an EV, um, I, you know, I think um, the biggest challenge we have with EVs is just the the, the hardware, the batteries, uh, battery life. With AVs, I think we we have a we have a long road ahead of us, and, and I think the cities that are or the, the cities that are smartest are, are starting to phase in um, AVs as part uh, of of a broader network. So Arlington, Texas, for instance, uh, is using a 1.7 million dollar FTA grant to um, include five AVs into a 70 vehicle service that that we use our technology to operate, um, and and using them for the parts that make sense where they, where AVs can currently actually be impactful, but not not worrying too much about the rest of the service, which is still, you know, normally driven vehicles. Um, I think those hybrid fleets are going to be with us for so, a long time. Uh, as we as we just spoke about, um, there's been a lot about the potential of the feeder for the last and uh, the first and the last mile service. In practice, um, are these on-demand feeder services effective? Uh, absolutely, cities are making large investments in, in commuter rail and intercity rail travel. But often the suburban and rural communities that they serve, that they pass through, don't have great transit networks yeah. that allow people who live there to easily access those, those, those rail connections. I'll give you two examples of places where I think 
um, that these services are mature and are working quite well. One is in Seattle, uh, in the United States. Um, King County Metro uh, is our partner there. We, we launched with them a service in 2019, um, which was intended to provide first and last mile service to a commuter rail for six low income communities. It's been uh, expanded two times since then, basically every year, um, largely because it's proven to be very successful. It serves, you know, if you imagine these are six or seven uh, seater vehicles, they're serving 15 people an hour, right? So they're making um, multiple trips all full um, in, these, in these communities that would not be very well served by fixed route bus. These are you know, suburban residential communities. So that, that's, been, that's become essentially a, a core part of the transit network. Uh, for Seattle, which is which is quite exciting. There's another uh, example in Doha. In 2019, the Doha Metro system launched, and, and Qatar Rail asked us to help them launch a, a feeder service uh, called Metro Express to ensure that key neighborhoods and employment hubs were well connected to the metro. Right, this is a big behavioral change problem, um, and the results have, have, have also been excellent. So, you know, actually even better in a sense than Seattle. Well over 15 passengers per hour using this. Uh, the service in, in peak times, um, and this per vehicle, obviously. Um, it's on demand, so it, it, it connects you in a very kind of seamless way um, to, to, the, to the metro. Um, it, it expanded from two stations initially to now 11. The area has grown, I think, about six times. Uh, so it's, it's proven to be quite successful. And again, there too, also kind of not just um, a novelty, but actually a, a core part of how the metro serves those communities is like the the, the perfect word. Um, we 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 speak a lot about um, on demand uh, transport um, or micro transit. Um, actually, all over the world, um, it, it has become fairly mainstream. Mm -hmm. Also here in in Europe, but also in the US. Um, so, what do you see as the next uh, frontier actually for the technology driven public transport? Yeah, well, you know, maybe it, to talk about the next step, maybe we first should talk about the first step. The first step, maybe over the last five years, was, you know, I don't know, microtransit 1.0. And, and you saw these pilots um, where these on demand systems were, uh, were, were sort of set apart uh, or, or bolted on in a way to the existing public transport network. And I think what we're seeing. Increasingly, and, and, and is certainly, I think, the, the next frontier is what, what we call integrated mobility systems, where these on-demand mm -hmm. um, networks or systems are actually fully integrated into the public transport network from a planning perspective, from, from an operations perspective, and then from uh, an optimization perspective. So, you know, that, that includes um, multimodal and intermodal trip planning, right? So the app, right, the, the, the one app should show you how you can take a trip that includes both an on-demand component and a fixed route component. It should allow you to pay for that trip using one payment method. You know, ideally it's the, it's the public transport so payment method that you already have, anymore the, the subscription for... card that you already have. And we're seeing increased yeah. adoption uh, of this type of an approach. But there's another type of integration, which I think is also very exciting, uh, where we see the different elements of the mobility ecosystem, which have been siloed historically and maybe you know frankly underinvested from a technology point of view you can think about paratransit um, you could think about school bus systems you could think about non-emergency medical systems uh, medical transport systems are now starting to become how, how, uh, integrated okay okay uh, across one digital platform and that we're doing this with a number of our partners um, you know 
uh, uh, there's Golden Empire Transport in, in Bakersfield. There's, uh, there's, there's, there's quite a number. And then, of course, there's the fixed route system. And you could imagine that um, from, a, from the user's point of view, um, to you know, whether you are a paratransit rider or a microtransit rider, uh, to see all of the options uh, in one place and to have access um, to, to, to the option that makes the most sense for you at, that, at any given point is very, very convenient. And then, of course, from the city's point of view, to be able to, one, operate all of these systems using one platform, and then, two, potentially see synergies in how you utilize a fleet or how you utilize seats in a specific vehicle differently across different times of day, um, that's a level of flexibility and potentially operational efficiency that just was never available uh, prior. And I think it's a potential to both improve outcomes and save money, which is very exciting. So, so you just mentioned paratransit. I guess that also in includes wheelchairs. I was just looking on my phone actually here at the center uh, in Berlin for a wheelchair cab or taxi. And it says it takes me around one hour planning time for for actually book a, a wheelchair taxi here just on my test. So um, are your vehicles um, wheelchair approved? Yeah, so, you know, it, the... We're we're quite proud, I think, of our of our track record with uh, with barrier free or, or wheelchair accessible vehicles. Um, you know, in Berlin, where, where I guess I'm where where you are, and we we launched the Berlkönig uh, service uh, with the BVG in, in 2018, and we had wheelchair accessible vehicles from the beginning. Um, you know, and the wait times were uh, extraordinarily low. If you if if your point of comparison was even the one hour that you just saw, but I think most most paratransit riders. Um, uh, the expectation is that you have to plan your trips, you know, potentially days in advance, right? Which is a which is a very different experience of mobility, um, and 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 we we got amazing feedback from riders um, starting quite early on uh, about how how the Berlkönig had transformed their lives, right? They, they they could now take a trip in 15 minutes. They didn't have to plan ahead to go to the grocery store a full day. Uh, we, we you know won the Federal Inclusion Award in Germany, which was uh, just, you know, I think we're very proud of. And yeah, so, so we, um, so, you know, I think that's, uh, that's just, a, it should, it, it shouldn't be the gold standard, it should be the basic standard. <laughs> so Chris, we, 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 we're almost close to the end. Um, so we learned a lot today, actually, uh, not only about uh, John Williams. Um, no, but that's like, <laughs> maybe, maybe he could, could, um, could come uh, maybe he could write the melody for for the super app no but uh, just kidding but are there any specific partnership projects either existing or upcoming um, that you're personally uh, and not john williams are very excited about <laughs> so I, obviously i'm excited about all of our projects but i think one um from the last couple of months that we've launched that that i think is a pretty nice example um of tying a number of these concepts together is is in Milton Keynes in the UK. It's a city about an hour north of London, 200,000 people, um, a very interesting design, uh, more or less for the car uh, as opposed to uh, for public transport. But um, there's a bus network in, in Milton Keynes, uh, which in the center parts of the city have always you know, been quite efficient and quite quite well, well utilized. COVID obviously was a challenge, but um, in, in the outer parts of the city, The bus network um, was both quite expensive for the city to operate and, and also did not provide great service. The, the wait times were about an hour uh, on average. So we worked with Milton Keynes uh, over the last uh, you know, year or so to help them 
do a complete uh, network redesign, a sort of holistic design for how would a, how would a next generation network work? Um, where would it make sense to run fixed routes? Where, could on-demand uh, take the place of the, of the outer, uh, outer borough areas of, uh, of Milton Keynes? And, and how would we connect those efficiently? And so in April, we launched um, a service which is, uh, utilizes electric vehicles uh, and increasingly um, more and more um, is uh, on-demand and provides a very, very high quality of service to riders in these outer areas of the city. It connects seamlessly to um, the fixed route network uh, in the center of the city using real-time data uh, and, in fact, offering riders to take the fixed route uh, using, you know, the, the app will allow you to plan your journey, but it will tell you which which kind of journey makes the most sense for you, given where you are, where you want to travel, what time it is, et cetera. Sometimes that's on demand. Sometimes that's the fixed route network. Um, and, and, you know, on top of all of that, um, saves the city a, a huge amount of money. So it's the, the system costs about half as much to operate as it did prior. And riders uh, have their wait times cut in half. So those are the kinds of results that I would say are fairly uncommon when you're doing a network uh, planning exercise and uh, and are very exciting. Yeah, yeah. So so it's I think it's a really nice um just um one example of kind of the potential for this technology to to have real impacts both for for individual riders and and for cities. I I I'm pretty inspired by that work. So, dear audience, you just learned that uh, Chris um from oh, Via is uh or let's say he's not only inspired, he got so many uh, interesting projects actually to talk about. And we're really looking forward to welcome you on our new theme sub area, um, subject area, uh, Mobility Plus uh, at the next InnoTrans. Thank you, uh, Chris, actually for um, telling us um, all about, I would say the, the, new, the new way of, um, of using mobility. It's a pleasure, Tim. I uh, can't wait for to do it in person next year. It seems like a long time to wait, no? It does, but you you know, there's like so many, so many progress actually always in line. So I don't know, maybe you got um, that one super app and John Williams will be there at Innotrans. Maybe, maybe he's listening right now in case, in case he does, um, <laughs> he will, he will make a smooth melody and um, I hope so. The Innotrans podcast will be back at the 14th of September. Um, stay tuned. We will hear again. And um, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Bye.